Tim. Woo! It's our first and inaugural Friday podcast. How you? What do you think about that? I'm still trying to regain my hearing after that. Good, good introduction. I, I know we've yet to determine what the name of the podcast is. I guess we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, but I'm looking forward to it. We're we're trying to have a Friday conversation where we kind of just talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Something not too important, actually. I was thinking about names for this special little Friday intimacy with my bro, Tim, but I don't even think we need a name. But in honor of you, Tim, I, I came up with a word, and it's kind of one of my favorite words. Charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie. And I looked up the definition, and it said uh, a term that reaches as far back as the 15th century France, and literally translated, it means the products of a fancy pork butcher. It's a menagerie of meat. I think we're fancy pork butchers, don't you think? <laughs> I do like my bacon. We cut the fat. We uh, we distribute my, my, the pork. My- a menagerie of meat, and we are two meat, <laughs> and we are two meatheads. Yeah. So we're we're recording this during you know one of the biggest probably the, yeah it's the biggest golf event the Masters Tim um, going on second day of the four day tournament. Who do you mm-hmm. got? Who do you like? Well, after Justin Rose tore up the field yesterday, and everybody else shot plus two hundred and twenty two over. I see some low scores already this morning. I've been watching since about 6.30. Justin Rose wasn't one of my favorites. I I think he had to go with the favorites, the Patrick Reeds, the Jordan Spieth, the Justin Thomases, the Dustin Johnsons. We'll see. Uh, tomorrow's moving day. That's always the biggest day, uh, Saturday. So I'm rooting for Justin Rose because my son saw him on the highlights last night, and he said, it looks like my elementary teacher. We'll see. Just it looks beautiful there this time of year. It's a beautiful place to play golf. I've always wanted to go. It's on a bucket list. Yeah, when you think of the Masters, you think of you know springtime, the the birth of spring, the rebirth of the season. You know, springtime, birds chirping, beautiful landscape, flowers, Jim Nance, a tradition like no other, a tradition unlike any other. Oh yeah, right. Yes, Jim Nance, but. You'd be surprised to hear of a survey that was done by a company called Lawnstarter, lawnstarter.com, and it gave 2021's most relaxed cities in America. And you'd be surprised <laughs> some of the some of the cities that are on the most relaxed and some of the cities on the most stressed. Actually, Augusta, Georgia was ranked on I think it was the top 10 it was in the top 10. I think it was the 10th most stressed city to live. How is that possible, Tim? I've never been to Augusta, so I am not sure. But you know, reading a little bit of this survey, it looks like crime, wealth, and weather play a lot into it. Traffic. I was surprised at a couple of the stressed cities to live in. I wasn't too surprised about the unstressed or least stressed or most relaxed cities to live in. Really looking through the one through 10 rank for most relaxed, I'm thinking, all right, those are all states that I could see those cities coming from. Some of the cities may not have been the ones I would have thought of, you know, top of my head, but there were some cities on there that I wouldn't mind spending a little bit of time in, I'm sure. 
a couple of these cities on both that we've both lived in. So we know a little bit about personally. Well, the number one city for the most relaxed place to live, Tim, Sunnyvale, California. Now that you would think places in California would probably make the list. That's the hardest Silicon Valley, though. So there's a lot of money in that area, I'm guessing. It says claiming the top spot in physical health and number three in mental health. California has four in the top 10 and 12 cities in the top 25. And uh, just, you know, beautiful weather and landscape. But it also says the city of Fullerton, California is number one for marijuana dispensaries per 100,000 residents. That'll make you relaxed. (laughs) With many other California cities not far behind. So there you go, Tim. Smoke your weed and chill, baby. Well, as you know, John, we both live in Illinois. And January 1st, uh, weed became legal. Yeah. Weed became legal in the state of Illinois. I'm not one to partake, but I have many acquaintances are and teach his own. I prefer my wine. I prefer my wine. You think there's a coincidence that it became legal and then there was a shutdown where people just hung out and just got baked? Yeah. That's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch, but, you know, it brings in tax income, whatever. Did look at the most relaxed cities, the top 10. You know, Arlington, Virginia, number two. That kind of surprised me because you're in the the heart of the D.C. metro area. You're in the Beltway nearly. Uh, I would think that would be a pretty stressful place to live, but I guess not. I do know that it's a fairly wealthy area. So once again, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you know some of the communities on here, Belleville, Wash- Bellevue, Washington. Once again, these Boeing, a lot of computer companies, startups in that area. So technology drives, I think, you know, Sunnyvale, Arlington, Bellevue, Was- uh, Belleville, Washington, Seattle, Washington. Interestingly, Naperville, Illinois, is number six on the list with a number one financial rank. And you and I both lived uh, near Naperville. Mm-hmm. And I've lived yep. in Naperville. And I, it's not my cup of tea. It's very uh, crowded. It's very um, trafficy. Family, and a lot of families, uh, a family-oriented community. It always seemed that there was a strive for status. And it makes sense because money drives everything, right? So it's a very wealthy uh, community. So it's wealthy number six sub- on wealthy, the list. Definitely a, Naperville is definitely a wealthy suburb of Chicago. I could think of wealthier suburbs, but they're much smaller, uh, much older. Uh, but Naperville is certainly a very large community, a large suburb uh, with a lot of families, large high schools, a lot of wealth, a lot of status. I get that. Number 10 is Honolulu. Like I've never been to Hawaii, but I think that would be like, uh, I don't know. Maybe living there and visiting is two different things. Yeah, or- I was I was surprised there was no Florida, Vermont, or Minnesota, Wisconsin. I I think of you know relaxed areas to live, and I guess the weather plays a lot into this. And and I, we said money, money, and weather. And I just thought, well, there's got to be a some hamlet in Vermont or New Hampshire or some sunny place in Florida that would be on here, but nope. There's not, but I will tell you that the stress cities in this list, they all pretty much what I considered, yep, they're in the Rust Belt. They're in areas of the country where we have a migration of manufacturing in the last, you know, outward man- outward push of population bases. So it's St. Louis, 
Cleveland, Detroit, Memphis, Kansas City, all ones that you would think would probably be on there for numerous reasons, mm-hmm. crime, uh, job, joblessness, um, mm-hmm. just resources in general. I've lived in Kansas City. I, While I loved Kansas City when I lived there, I was right out of college and I lived there for a period of time uh, when I was uh, my first job out of college. Loved it. But I lived downtown. I lived in a little brownstone that was a nice area uh, right outside of Westport. So I, it, to me, it wasn't a bad area. I do know that there are parts of Kansas City that are just that. They're, they're bad. High crime area, population. Well, you, you know, used the word. Lack of jobs. You used the word before we jumped on. And I think it's an underutilized word and doesn't get a lot of respect. Blight. Yeah. It's, I mean, some of these communities. You look at Detroit, though, I see what Detroit's been trying to do over the last five to 10 years and really try to clean up after the migration of manufacturers outside of Detroit. In a lot of these cities, you're seeing the same thing, the the Clevelands, the Memphis, the Kansas cities, St. Louis. Manufacturing left those communities. Uh, They did not adjust. Um, So we talked earlier in this week about this new you know, America, America's new plan with this $2 trillion infrastructure plan. Hopefully, a lot of these big communities will do well by that you know, influx of resources into the surrounding communities to help with their uh, jobs programs and stuff like that. So, Yeah, it says Detroit is uh, third from the last or third from the worst as far as stressed out cities. It says... Coming in last place with the highest share of adults with high blood pressure, adult smokers, and stroke victims. So that's that's a, that should be on the Chamber of Commerce uh, pamphlet. Wow, Chamber of Commerce Day in Detroit. Let's yeah. all smoke. Um, and then it says uh, Lubbock, Texas, number one city when it comes to average commute time. And it says uh, that was a, a good facet to get into the more relaxed lifestyle, but it said overall the city struggled on a number of other metrics. Have you ever been to Lubbock, Texas? No, but didn't uh, someone sing about it? Uh, well. Oh, that's Lugenbach, Texas. That's Lugenbach. That's, yeah, no. Lub- I've been to Lub- Lubbock, Texas a couple times. Texas Tech, it's uh, where Bu- Buddy Holly's from. It's out on the western prairie of Texas. There's not a whole lot there, so I can understand the average commute time. Well, it said the city struggled on a number of metrics, especially in mental health and social environment. But if breezy roadways are your idea of paradise, then Lubbock is the place for you. It's not in the top. It's not in the bottom of the list, though. You know, those no. 10 most stressed American cities. It's Lubbock's not in there. So uh, this is just one of those areas where they pulled out some different yeah. uh, bullet points. And Lubbock was mentioned Lubbock as is- an average commute time. 154 out of 191. 191. You know what else today is? We talked about the Masters. I woke up this morning at 5.30 to see that Prince Philip had passed away. That, oh, yeah. 99. That's a good run, though. I, I mean, think about that. 99. As someone who got roped into watching The Crown and got sucked into watching the show The Crown, I always thought Prince Philip was like this Cool savant dude that, you know, was a Royal Navy dude that just had the looks, had the money, had the fame, could have done anything he wanted to. And he he 
married Queen Elizabeth and just kind of, I don't know, just 99 years old. What a run. I was reading a little bit earlier in the London Times this morning online that in his duty since 1940, since he was married in 54, whenever they were married, um, 22,000 plus solo engagements that he had to do, nearly 5,500 speeches. But the cool part, he was involved in 800 charities. He was a big wildlife federation person. He, he was big on um, new technology, green technology, water conservation, wildlife efforts. So kind of, just kind of cool reading, reading a little bit about him and hearing all the stories this morning on you know various news stations on the TV. But yeah, just 99 years old. Hasn't the crown really lost its gravitas or it kind of outdated now? I guess the royal family in general has probably lost some gravitas. But at the same time, I think that some of these programs and shows that have come across TV in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, Downton Abbey, like I said, The Crown, Mm -hmm. there are things that really piqued the interest of people like myself that never got into the royal family stuff. Yeah, there's a romantic interest in it. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if it's relatable in today's society. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Well, I, I think there's always a, a, a look back to yearn for the days of old when things were maybe much simpler. At the same time, you know, you recently had the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle uh, interview with Oprah that you know broke all kinds of news and really yeah. tore through the English media and you know, showed the inner inner workings of the the royal family and the local English media and the tabloids. So it's it's interesting. It's something that we're not used to over here. Luckily, I think. So Tim, if Queen Elizabeth dies, does Prince Charles become king? He does. Okay. I didn't know if it he's in the generation and what nope, line uh, of succession. Yeah, line of succession will go to Prince Charles, then William, and then William's oldest son. So well, I don't, I don't blame the other one. What's the other one's name? Harry. He Harry. he got yeah, out of Harry. there. He's like, screw this. I ain't getting anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, he 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 was not he was not too happy with the firm as he called it. Um, and I yeah. guess that's what they call it over there, the firm. So. That being said, you know, like I said, I woke up this morning at 5.30 and saw that Prince Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, had passed away at 99. I thought, wow, what a good run. Like we said, stress, stress, stress. We're doing this on a Friday, though, and it's been a not a stressful week. Actually, it's been a pretty good week, pretty, pretty productive yeah. on my end. How about yours, John? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. You know, the purpose of this is just to kind of wind down, talk about something that we saw that was interesting and fun. So yeah, it's maybe this should be like maybe a by stress, next Friday we'll have a name. Call for this. this like the Stress Ball Podcast, <laughs> where you just kind of listen to it, veg out. Maybe you know, maybe take your uh, your one hitter or your edibles and just veg out. Yeah, you were asking me a question as if I knew the answer. To that I was like, what do I get to do a, a, a Bloody Mary and yeah. start my Fridays with the Bloody Mary or something? We could do it. We could do it. We could you know have our wine or beer or. You know, whiskey and Coke or vodka, Red Bull, whatever you want. Just join us. We hope you enjoy this. We hope you subscribe to our podcast. You know, we are Mechanical Hub. Go to our websites. Check out 
uh, the latest in the industry for information, check out our social media uh, channels. I mean, we're we're constantly posting stuff that is pertinent to the plumbing, heating, construction trades. And then, you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of feedback from our friends that aren't even in the industry that listen to the podcast and enjoy it. So just keep listening. That's all we ask for. We hope well, you enjoy I think it. Our, I think our Fridays will be our uh, moments with the meatheads or something that we can talk about just about anything and everything. Well, have a good weekend, JP. Yep, you too, man. We'll talk to you later. See you, man.